Hello, everyone, and it's that time again. Welcome to the Sydney St. James Show. We sure appreciate you dropping in. How could a good God allow so much evil? Why doesn't he do something about all the problems and the evil that circles our globe today? Couldn't God have created a world without evil? Hello, everyone. Sydney St. James back with you. Sorry for my absence for a while, but what can I say? It kind of reminds me of Clint Eastwood, who's over 90 years old and just directed his last movie. And the song in the movie really has a lot of bearing on many people's lives as we get older. It's called, Don't Let the Old Man In. Well, guess what? For just a short, I let that old man in. And life can just get in the way sometimes, but I apologize for my absence for the last few weeks, but I'm back with you, and I'm hoping to be back with you every week in the future. But today, my subject that I'm talking about that is so at the front end of many of my earlier novels I wrote in my career is about God allowing so much evil in the world. One of the most significant challenges faced by Christianity and Christians is the reality of evil and suffering. I'm writing a screenplay now for Hollywood and it's called Faith 70 times 7. And I watched another script Actually, I had the raw script in my hands and watched the movie, I Still Believe. Playing the role of Jeremy Camp, the lead character in the movie, he questioned God as to why he let the woman he loved die from cancer at such an early age. He got angry and tore up everything around him. I must admit, at times, even great thinkers are baffled by the seemingly contradiction between the existence of a loving God and the fact of evil. Billy Bob Thornton, another character in one of my books, thought this over and over in the novel Seeing the Power of God. Now, Back to the movie, I still believe. I still remember, as I followed the script throughout the movie, the lead character shouted, Where is God? This is one of the most disquieting symptoms. But go to him, the young man did. His need is frantic when all other help is in vain and what do you find? A door slammed and smashed 
into your face. A sound of gunshots. An unbearable pain on the inside. Fortunately, Jeremy Camp came to grips with his grief and, in the end, realized that God not only exists, but that He is indeed all-loving, despite the sufferings we might have. Let me ask you, my listener, how would you describe God? I know. What about words like harsh or a creator who is difficult to please? Would you use words like angry or would you use words like forgiving? Or wait, I am almost there. What about this? Would you describe God as loving, generous, or even as father? In my two novels, Genesis and Hallelujah, after reading both of them, you might come back and describe God from reading the Old Testament or Genesis as one who has a big reputation of being unhappy all the time. And he's ready to hit, how do I say it? The eject button on human life at any given time. But before you pass judgment on what I'm saying, what if I told you in my second novel, Hallelujah, which is a story of the New Testament that God is the same loving, compassionate creator we read about in the Old Testament. Still, for Christians and non-Christians, evil and suffering were often at the forefront of our minds, particularly when we suffer. How could a good God allow so much evil in this world? Why doesn't he do something about it? And one of the biggest questions to ask is, couldn't God, the all-powerful, have created a world without evil? Billy Bob Thornton asked this question over and over in the story seeing the power of God. Did he ever receive an answer, you might ask? Well, if I give you the answer, it would, would, it would be what people might call a spoiler alert. So I can't do that right now. But these are essential questions, and while we can't solve them all neatly, in one short podcast, we can still at least address evil and suffering. We can begin to offer possible solutions to seeing the dilemma. The only thing God can't do is commit evil. God can't lie. He acts unjustly or selfishly. The Bible scriptures say, he is the rock 
His words are perfect in all, and I mean all, His ways are just. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. He is upright and is just. This is spoken about in Deuteronomy 32, fourth verse. Then why, why, if we look all around the world right now, if it's Afghanistan, if it's down in Venezuela, if it's overseas in Korea and China, if it's right here in America on our West Coast, our East Coast, it's everywhere you look. We find so much evil. That isn't an easy question to answer. I've watched the growth of this evil more so in these last six and seven years than I have in all the years before that. I still don't know the full answer, but as a writer and an author, I do know this. God is real, but hey there, get this, so is Satan. And the evil we see all around us comes from him, not from God. It also comes from the sin and the rebellion of our own hearts. The Bible says, God can't be tempted by Satan, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. You can find that said in James 1. Verses 13 and 14. Someday, and I mean someday, the warfare between good and evil, between God and Satan, will be over. Christ will emerge victorious. In fact, the decisive battle has already been fought. It happened when Jesus Christ conquered sin and death and hell by dying on the cross for our sins and then coming back to life by the power of God. In the meantime, God calls us to be faithful to himself and never give in to evil, never give in to sin. Is your hope in Christ? And are you seeking to live for him every single day? Don't give in to despair, but set your sights on Christ's victory. Now, let me discuss a problem, a problem of wickedness. Solving the seeming contradiction between a loving God and the reality of evil is usually referred to as theodicy. Theodicy means vindication of God. It is to answer the question of why a good God permits the manifestation of evil. 
thus resolving the issue of the problem of evil. Some theodicies also address the evidential problem of evil by attempting to make the existence of an all-knowing and all-good God consistent with the existence of evil and all the suffering in the world. But the problem of evil is really a series of problems, like many large problems. <laughs> Sometimes it's helpful to break them down into their components. Evil, you see, actually extends not only to the moral word, but also to the natural world that we live. When human beings go out and do bad things to one another, this is a moral evil. But so-called natural disasters are often considered evil as well because of the suffering they cause. An example would be Hurricane Ida that just came on shore down at New Orleans. It did so much destruction, so much evil, and so many people lost their lives. Around the world, we watch earthquakes take large business buildings down or tidal waves and floods and so forth. These are all examples of what one might term natural evils. So I'm going to ask you another question. Let's ask the question now of just what is evil? One approach to solving a problem of evil has to do with defining what is evil. Many people suggest that the definition of evil is that it's not a thing in or of itself, but as a parasite of good. Now, I just pulled out my Texas Aggie sweatshirt. There is a large hole where I got it caught on a barbed wire fence while out deer hunting. It's something that is lacking, is not a thing in itself. Let me give you an example. The hole in my sweatshirt now is not something, but rather is something that is lacking. I know that's kind of heavy for you to think about, but think about it for just a second. Shouldn't it be considered that the coat misses the material in that spot and thus is missing. Indeed, it requires good to exist because it is a parasite. In this evil sense, can it be defined evil as privation, a lack of something rather than a thing or a substance? This solves some important criticisms. If evil is not an actual thing, then God can't be the creator of evil. God is the author of good. We make moral choices that result in evil. Now, does evil argue against God? I will answer this important question when I return after a word from my sponsor. 
And now, my friends, let's continue with the rest of my story. Atheists and skeptics and other critics of Christianity often argue against God. Their argument is that since evil and suffering exist, then God must not. Based on the reality of evil and suffering, see, they say, since evil and suffering exist, God must not exist. Sometimes, however, they will argue their point to anyone that will listen that God might just exist, but perhaps he's weak or even an evil God. But wait a second. Wait one second. If there is both evil and suffering, does that mean that God doesn't exist? Some Christians have responded by turning the skeptic's argument on its head. They do this by asking on what basis is something deemed evil? If there is some moral standard the critic is basing their position on, then the problem of evil becomes an argument for not against the reality of God. After all, in order to call something good or evil, there must be an underlying standard of right and wrong. Feast argue that this standard is rooted in God and his nature. We know, all of us know his moral law exists so we recognize the reality of evil and suffering. But unless there is a moral standard, we have no real basis for calling anything good or evil. It might be helpful at this point in my podcast to pause and explain another important point of evil. Evil and suffering can refer to not only physical pain, but emotional pain too. Take the Reverend Ada Caston Slayton Bonds in my true story, Faith, 70 times 7. Consequently, there are differences in approaching the problem of evil depending on whether one is doing it intellectually, in a detached sort of way, as we're doing in this podcast, versus ministering to those in need of compassion. In this sense, there's an intellectual way to address evil, and also an emotional way to address it too. There is a difference. Back again to Billy Bob Thornton. In the novel, Seeing the Power of God, he asked, couldn't God have created a world without evil? Let's take a look at a few of the options. If God had not created anything, nothing, nada, there would be no evil. But is nothing better than something? Hardly. This would be a world without morality. What if God created a world where people could not choose? God could force everyone to stop 
before they were able to carry out any of their evil behavior. But is such a world where freedom does not exist good? God knows best. He does. He realizes our world is the best way to the best possible world. Yes, there will be evil and suffering along the way. We can rejoice with the disciple Paul when he wrote these words. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to all of us. Romans 8, verse 18. In closing today, considering all the evil that's going on in the world, I still sometimes ask, I don't know why, but I guess it's just watching every time I turn on television or open my iPad and look at the news, I have to ask, does God really care about us? To answer this, let me emphasize that not only does he care, but he cares enough to have sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and to die for us. Because of God's great love and his great sacrifice, we have a way now to be reconciled with him through Jesus Christ. This does not mean that we no longer suffer in this world, but it does mean that we will spend eternity with God. There will come a day, trust me, it will come, a day when God will wipe every tear from our eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will pass away as it said in Revelation 21 verse 4. Well, I see where I've almost talked my 30 minutes for today and I had to get a lot of that off my chest because I sat there and watched all the evil going on in Afghanistan in the news. And I watched the buildings being ransacked and glass windows knocked out. And I watched the statues being torn from their pedestals across America. And speaking of that, which is another story, my great-great-great-grandfather fought for the South. And he gave his life for the South in the Battle of Vicksburg. No, the Civil War was not a good thing. It was evil. But tearing down all these statues still got me. But that's a story for another podcast. Until then, pray for so many people who are being consumed by the evil in this way and hope for their secure way to safety into God's open arms. Oh, and before I leave, I want to let you know, even though I might not have been around for a few weeks, I'm now putting my finishing touches on my newest mystery novel, Gideon 
and the case of the murder in the museum. A fictional story of a murder found in a small town museum 60 miles southwest of Houston, Texas. It's a great mystery novel. It'll have you guessing to the very end. But meanwhile, I gotta go. I will be back with you next week on another exciting podcast. And again, thanks for joining me. Well, that does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcast. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, here I am, Sydney St. James. Happy listening. <laughs>